Welcome to the JMAC Tries Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast dedicated to bringing you weekly conversations of motivation and positivity. As always, I'm your host, Jason, aka JMac, aka JMac Tries, or whatever else you want to call me. Again, guys, thank you so much for coming back week after week, every Tuesday, listening to my show. Uh, really excited for what's been happening and what the future holds for the J-Mac Tries podcast. So I started this show at the beginning of the year. I had some, some definite guests that I wanted on here, some guests that I never knew existed until I kind of found them by accident. And then I had a few A-listers in my mind that I definitely wanted to make sure were on my show. And today's guest is one of them. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is Jesse Thomas, professional triathlete, Ironman champion, co-founder and CEO of Picky Bars, and all around just pretty cool dude. Um, great conversation with Jesse. He is just someone that, he reminds me of an age group triathlete, except he's way faster than I'll ever pretend to be. Um, but he's a husband. He's a father. He's a triathlete. He's a business owner. Um, he's just an all around normal dude, except he could throw down some pretty sick splits, uh, swimming, biking and running. And oh, by the way, has won wildflower just about every year he's been racing in it and has won a bunch of Ironmans and has been to Kona a couple times. So other than that, he's just like you and me, except much faster. So this is a great conversation. We get into what it takes to not really be a pro triathlete, but what it takes to be a pro triathlete while juggling a family and a business and everything else in between. We talk a lot about um, how he puts himself out there on social media. Uh, it's one of the few pros that just throws himself out there. Not only his workouts on Strava, but he's out there on Zwift doing group rides and he's always interacting with his fans. And that is just what makes him pretty, pretty badass and cool. We also talk about sponsors and a couple of sponsors have been with him for a long, long time. Um, knowing that, you know, his main focus is not Kona, but his main focus is on just being an all around general person and triathlete and business owner. So that was a great part of our conversation. And we talk about what the future holds for Jesse and Picky Bars, along with Picky Oats that just came out. And where his focus is going to be on the next, um, well, at least 2018 and um, what he's doing this year. It's a little different than past years. So, again, really excited to have Jesse on my show. Awesome conversation. Awesome guy. If you're not following him, you can find him everywhere. He is on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Strava, Zwift. Uh, he is Jesse Thomas. 
he's also has a blog called Leap Day Sports. And yeah, he was born on uh, Leap Day. So that's hence the name Leap Day Sports, which he just celebrated his birthday. And uh, he might be getting into a podcast pretty soon. So I had to get him on mine before he goes out there and kicks ass at that as well. So again, thank you everybody for listening, for sharing, for giving me the five stars, for following me all over the place. Um, great conversation. So without further ado, Jesse Thomas. Hey, man, you there? Hey, I'm there. Okay. Yeah, hey, sorry about that, man. I don't know what happened. I'm worried that it was my Wi-Fi maybe jumped to a different Wi-Fi next door. Oh, um, so <laughs> the, I the just, one you're hacking next door? At the... Yeah, well, there's it's actually our gym. There's a gym that uh, next door, so where I go lift. Oh. And sometimes I think that it picks that up. So I just, I just uh, forgot that network. Got so it, it doesn't, it won't do that again. But um, yeah, sorry about that. I hope no worries. But anyway, yeah, we can start from the beginning if you want. Yeah, let's just, uh, uh, yeah, let's. So we're recording now, and yep. I, we're kind of bantering, which is actually fine. It makes yep. the conversation that much more enjoyable. Yeah, um, totally. I wanted to just kind of let's just kind of rewind a little bit without. Yep you know, taking up too much of your time, but we were starting with the picky bars and um, this is kind of your busy picky bar season, yet you still found time to, uh, to have a kick-ass race a couple weeks ago over in Wanaka. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No, I mean, I think like I mentioned, it was definitely a, a surprise. Um, and uh, you know, uh you know, it just hasn't just hasn't been much of a focus for me mm-hmm. on, you know, in in my mind, kind of in my brain space. Well, I've still been out there training for sure. Um, you know, just kind of went down to Wanaka more as like a, I just want to go experience this race than than a feeling of like, oh man, I'm really ready to go. You know, if anything, I re- I thought, geez, I'm going down there. I'm the only Northern Hemisphere guy down there. I'm probably going to get my ass kicked by all these Kiwi and Aussie guys and javier gomez who's been you know who decides to sign up for the race all of a sudden of course has been training in new zealand for like six weeks prior to it you know so you're just like oh great you're like go have a kid and run a business and then do this yeah exactly i was like oh well there i just slid one place down the down the uh, finish list you know but so um yeah no i was i was very happy with it i think you know there's uh you know maybe there's i i don't know i can't pretend to know the reason why but um i feel like i'm living a pretty balanced life right now and i'm getting in quality you know really trying to focus on quality training when i can i'm not doing a ton of volume um and but then i'm just kind of like also not overthinking it you know and just taking taking the good workouts when i can and cutting the shitty ones when i need to and um not worrying about getting woken up three to four times a night and uh, just kind of doing whatever my body and my family and my life allows me to do. Does it, and so I'm going to start by saying I truly appreciate that as an age grouper and father and husband and business owner, but does it piss you off as a pro going into a season a little bit more lax and then you end up doing maybe better than you thought? <laughs> Does it wait? Does it piss me off and doing better than I thought? Well, only and I only said because I know you're you're for the, and I don't mean it that way, but you yeah. went to this season. So 
based on what I read, this year was going to be all about doing fun races, right? Yeah, so totally. last year was about Kona. Yeah. This year you're kind of going in less trained, just yep. enjoying it, and you end up coming in third. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I mean it's I don't know. You know, it's a uh, maybe it's great. You yeah. know, maybe I'll end up racing better. I mean, who knows? You know, like I put. You know, I mean, I've been balancing all these things for a long time now, so I don't expect like this year to be significantly different. The biggest difference is just I'm just not going to focus on Kona at the end of the year, which also means the entire year in right. terms of trying to qualify and everything else. And that takes a lot of pressure off because when you're going to Kona, you're like, man, you know, if you're going to go to Kona, you're going to, you know, you're competing against the best in the world. You're not going there to just to finish the race, you know, mm-hmm. you're going there to, to try to finish as high as you can. And, um, and I will still go to these other races and try to finish very well, but they're not world championships, right. you know, and that that's different. And so, um, you know, but, uh, but I've got some other big, you know, you know, it's kind of already been said in some places, but I'm not supposed to publicly say it, so mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say it yet, but I've got some other big, you know, races planned that are, there are big, big races that I'm going to train really hard for, but it will always be within the context of balancing family and, and business, you know, this year. And that's, that's the path that I choose as a professional athlete myself. And it's not the path that most professional athletes choose, although a lot of them have as varying aspects of that, but that's the, uh, you know, that's the path that I'm on right now. And you've, I mean, you've always kind of been, a, well, not always, but the couple of years I've been following you and um, you've always had that path because you have picky bars. Yeah. You always put yourself out there. I mean, that was one of the things I've noticed about you from day one is you've always put yourself on there, especially on Strava, on social. Yeah. Thanks. And, and, and in, a, in a positive way for us age groupers that uh, it doesn't seem like you hide much. I'm sure there's some things you hide from us, but mostly you're just like, <laughs> here I am. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to think there isn't much, you know, that, that I hide out there, but it's a, you know, I mean, I don't see, uh, you know, to me, there's two things. I, I, I legitimately feel like I gain value from sharing the experiences that I have. So, you know, in some ways it's selfish in that, in that I'm like, you know, if I share my training, I get feedback on it and I get, and, and people see that and they're like, kind of, I feel like if I've got, you know, 11,000 people on Strava seeing my workout when I post it, it gives me more reason to kind of like have a good workout or, you know, or whatever and help keeps me accountable and everything else. And then, and same thing goes with social media and everything else. And then I also get a lot of positive, positive feedback from, you know, days when I have bad days and everything else, it kind of makes you feel better to, put it out there and see that people empathize with you and, and, or, and, or see that it's like that the fact that I'm putting that out there and then I'm at the level that I'm, that I'm at, that, that, that people really appreciate that. Um, you know, that makes you feel good about what you're doing too. So it's, there's a lot of value in it for me. And then for sure, I hope that there's value in it for other people, you know, as well. And and it seems like there is, so it's a good balance. I think it's awesome because, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you to get you on my pod was because I look at you as a, as a normal age grouper that could just go a heck of a lot faster than anybody I know. Um, but you're still balancing it with you just had another baby. Congratulations on that. Thank you. 
um, you're married to another world-class athlete and you have a company and a company that's not a coaching service, no offense, any pros that do coaching, but I mean, <laughs> right. You are, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a real company with products and, and, yep. and employees. And yep. um, yeah, I just think it's pretty cool with what you're doing and you still find time to go out there and kick some ass in these races. So kudos to you. Oh, thanks. I mean, it's a lot, you know, it, when you list it all like that, it's, it, you know, it sounds like a lot on the surface and it is, and, you know, and I'll, I'm not going to like, you know, pretend like it's not, but I do have, you know, I do have a lot of help. You know, I don't, I, uh, I get paid to go race mm-hmm. so I can, I can legitimately justify the expense and the time that I spend training, um, you know, which, which a lot of age groupers can't do. Right. All, I mean, basically all age groupers, <laughs> a lot of pros. <laughs> yep. Can't, right. can't. And, um, but, uh, but, and then I have, I have, uh, you know, I have great employees at picky bars who understand what I'm doing and the mix of the things that I'm doing in my life and how, and the benefits and the disadvantages of that in terms of what that means for what I can and cannot do for picky bars as an owner and as a CEO. And if, if I had employees that needed that, that needed me to be there, uh, you know, 40 hours a week in the office, um, they would be, they would not be happy. You know, I've had, and I've had employees like that and they were not happy and they weren't good. They weren't a good fit. They needed more direction or they, they needed more leading by example of me being there all the time and, and yada, yada, yada. And those, and, th- and there's nothing wrong with that, but those employees are not a good fit for me and for this company. And the employees that I have now, they're independent, they're uh, resourceful, they utilize me in in when in and when they need they need me to, and then uh, and then they're also very open and willing for me to be out there doing you know being like, hey guys, I got to be done with this meeting by 12:30 because I got a four-hour bike ride. <laughs> this afternoon and I got to go pick up Jude at five at, you know, from daycare or whatever it is. And so, uh, so, you know, they, they get that, but it's, so there's, I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of support there and a lot of kind of give and take from the employees and from my family and from my coach and from, and, and, and actually from my sponsors. I right. mean, the fact that, you know, that Red Bull and Roca and, and Jaybird, you know, um, you know, that all these guys are, uh, Desant, you know, are willing to support me, pay me as a professional athlete while I am simultaneously working, you know, 20 to however, 40 hours a week, depending yep. on the time of year, um, is remarkable as well. You know, there's a lot of give and take from those guys too, you know? So it, it's, it's cool. Well, and I wanted to, I'm glad you plugged them because I wanted to plug them for you, but I think, yeah they they they've stuck with you for a while from what i could see um but they do that because they know what they're getting right yeah totally you nail it with your employees they know what they're getting from you and that's how a certain subset of people appreciate you um but you but you put yourself out there from the beginning right as this is who i am this is what i'm doing this is what i'm going to do so either stay with me or not yeah. And it's not for everybody. Just like right. I mentioned with the employees, it, the same thing happens with sponsors. I had sponsors that were really like, uh, you know, at one point or another, were really like focused on what was your latest world championships finish. And that's kind mm-hmm. of like all we really care about. 
And those, those guys were not a, you know, and that doesn't mean that that's the wrong strategy for that company to take, but those guys were not, a, that's not a good match for me as the, for me as a, a valued marketing asset for that company, if that's what they're, if that's what they care about, you know? So it's, uh, it's finding partners, you know, and I'm lucky to have found those partners that I listed who value those things that I bring and they've been, they've been great, you know, and it's, and it, and it, and, and I hope, it's certainly been valuable for me and the fact that they've stuck with me, I think means that it's valuable for them. I certainly hope that it is. And I think that it is. So it's good. Perfect. And yeah. so let's, let's go back to picky bars for a second. So yep. this was literally started in your kitchen. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Home kitchen. Um, yeah. And, and it was because it's so it was either you or Lauren or both you have a gluten intolerance. Is that correct? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So the, the quick story of it is, is me basically finishing, you know, you kind of almost have to go back a, a little bit in just to, just to provide some context in that Lauren and I were both distance runners in college. We met in college. We, uh, Lauren became a professional distance runner right out of college, was an amazing athlete, raced professionally for a long time. I was had been working in Silicon Valley and then did a, and then at business school in and I was like 30 and decided mm-hmm. I wanted to try to be a triathlete and um and um so I'm just laughing at what your parents would have said that's all Yeah exactly yeah just finished my MBA I had two master's degrees and an ME degree from from Stanford and I was like I want to go make no money being a tri a professional triathlete. So, but, um, you know, but then I started training for that and, um, and eating a whole bunch and kind of like, you know, doing a number to my stomach like I had never done before and, um, having all these problems with gluten and dairy and, and processing all the amount of food I was eating. And Lauren basically wanted to create what at the time was basically like a real food energy bar. Uh, so, you know, taking real food kind of performance macronutrient principles with real food ingredients, marrying the two and, and what she created with her friend, Steph, who's our other co-founder mm-hmm. is a picky bar. And, um, and I basically started eating them a whole bunch and then Lauren and Steph were really starting it. And then it was the story I kind of like to tell that, that, well, I mean, they don't really mind me telling it, but <laughs> It's kind of like I was just sitting there on my computer doing because I was consulting at the time, trying to make some money to pay for triathlon. And um, I overheard them talking about how much they were going to charge for the bar. And they were they were kind of galvanizing around a dollar, (laughs) a dollar, yeah, a dollar. And I was like, kind of overheard it. And I was like, oh, guys, I think you're underestimating how much it costs to <laughs> right. make the bar. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and that it's, and that, you know, you might not, this might not be the the right price. And, um, <laughs> and so I kind of like got it, got involved there and then helped them build some models and yada, 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 helped them kind of launch a website. And then, and then it became, as much my thing as it was theirs and we kind of have all kind of grown it together. So yeah, it's good. And, and how long ago was that? That was almost, uh, that was, that will be eight years in October. It's been wow. uh, seven and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's grown uh, almost identically the amount of time that I started racing because it was, 
um, May 2011 that was that first wildflower that I won. So it was it's been almost the exact amount of time. So, so typical triathlete, you do everything at once. You become pro, you start a business. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> it was one of those things where literally both careers kind of took on a life of their own right. um, at the same time. And, you know, definitely not ideal in a lot of ways, but then it has ended up being really cool for me. And, and maybe is kind of like the perfect embodiment of the type of athlete and person that I think I've always been, even as a collegiate distance runner doing a uh, mechanical engineering bachelor's and master's. I mean, there weren't too many people on the track team trying to, you know, work with that type of, uh, you know, academic load. And, but I was legitimately interested in those things. And, and so it's just been cool to kind of have the continuous yin and yang of these two things going at the same time, you know, and then top, then toss family on top of it. And then you got, <laughs> yang and and circus i guess i don't know what it is that's a lot of other stuff well yeah we often wonder you know what if you focus just on one over the other but maybe the two of them together is what made you so successful at, up to this point well it's hard to say i mean you know success, so here's where it comes down to it and i've been thinking about trying to write something on this like writing a book or whatever but you know i need i need another project like i need a kick yeah why not exactly you should start a podcast (laughs) jesse yeah exactly so um but here's where it it comes down to like how what do you call what do you define as success right because if you define uh you know uh being best in the world in triathlon as success i have not been successful you know like i've i have uh i've not i've never placed top 10 in a world championships i've been close but um but, you know, never been up there for sure. Uh, and if you define, you know, a uh, success in business as a, you know, multi-million dollar exit or something, right. you know, I mean, we don't have that either. You know, we're not RX bar. We didn't get acquired by whoever for $600 million. And, you know, but we, but, but have I been success, but I feel like the balance of the two things that I've done has meant happiness for me and the people that I care about, which is ultimately kind of like my best definition of success. And then we, and then, you know, you see what happens as a result of those things. Like, you know, am I happy with what, how I performed as a triathlete? For sure. Am I happy with how piggy bars is done? For sure. Is there more that I want from each of those things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. More so, <clears throat> more so on the picky bar side now than on the triathlon side, I think, you know, I feel like I've accomplished actually, most of what I'd really like to accomplish as a triathlete, but on picky bars, I feel like, man, there's a lot more there. Like it's kind of more like in, in its infancy for me, you know? Well, and I mean, you guys just launched the oatmeal brand or the oatmeal. Yeah. Um, which is awesome, by the way. Thank I, you. I definitely, I was in on the Kickstarter campaign. Oh, cool. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. I'm actually uh, wearing the t-shirt now. <laughs> oh, hey, well, there you go. You're full gas into it. <laughs> I'm uh, wearing a Picky Bars t-shirt too. What do you know? But I wear one every single day. You have to, except <laughs> yeah. on formal Fridays. Yeah. Um, but so obviously, I mean, the little I know of you, but just your personality, I mean, you have these, I'm sure you have these goals yep. for picky bars and oatmeal was just one step to get you to the next level. Um, how, yep. I know you guys had some challenges. How's it been since? It's, it, I've been very, very happy with, um, with the picky oats launch and the reception so far. I have, you know, we pulled our sales projections out of our ass because we, <laughs> we have no idea 
what it's going to do. We don't, you know, we have a couple like rough numbers on the oatmeal market, but it's a really niche, you know, thing. So we, we don't really know, you know, and, um, so, but it was more, it, it was more from a standpoint of like, we've had the bars for a long time. We've, we have, uh, innovated on the bars in terms of flavor, Mm-hmm. Uh, for you know each year we've basically launched a new flavor or two um, but there's you know we have a ton of SKUs out there and the bars are all the same they're doing what they're doing they're honestly in the market right now against trend for like a mass market thing with being like right now the things that are really moving are like super high protein like low carbohydrate low mm-hmm. sugar bars and that's not really a nutritional principle that we believe in. Right. And so, you know, we're, uh, but, you know, we're going to have to like kind of ride that out. And we've got our bar and our bar is a great product. And we're putting it in the places where people are more familiar with the nutritional benefits of it. And that then it will continue to sell there. But we're not going to try to force it down the throat of, of on a trend that is, that it doesn't match. Right. And so for me, it was more like, well, what can we do to, to continue to grow the business we are growing the business with the bars, but what can we continue to grow it in, in, you know, even more so. And that was basically like, Hey, let's make a, pro- let's make another product for our current customer mm-hmm. that ideally doesn't, you know, cannibalize our current product too much. And we had performance oatmeal was, or oatmeal in general was one of those things that I have always been like, I eat a bowl of oatmeal before pretty much every hard workout and every race I do. And nobody makes an oatmeal specifically for athletes. You pretty much have to make your own by hand or you mm-hmm. or you're forced to eat like kind of the Quaker high sugar, whatever yep. you know, stuff. And so like, let's make one for athletes, make it like a bigger serving size. Let's make, you know, with the right ingredients, we can make it a little bit more on trend because it'll, it'll naturally have a little bit higher protein content, a little bit lower sugar content without us like abandoning our principles, you know? And, um, and that's what we did. And so we did that and it's been very, it's been very, very well received so far. And I'm really excited about it. And, and the, the, the early success of it has already cemented in my mind how important it is for picky bars as a brand or, you know, picky eats or whatever it is we're going to eventually call it, um, to continue to innovate new products for our customers. And we will, definitely continue to do that we plan on launching an, at least a new product line every year for the next couple of years wow that's awesome yeah it's cool yeah it's super fun and, and I think- that's and that's what we're best at anyway you know we're you know that's our our secret sauce is knowing what the cut what our customers want what how best to deliver that to them you know in terms of a product form and flavor and and kind of positioning and then, and then getting that to them. And then the operational stuff of like getting the business bigger and bigger and bigger, like, you know, we'll, we'll learn that as we go along. But um, for us, if we can, I'd be very happy with us just even having 10,000 customers, all of whom though eat some, you know, semi-significant portion of their daily calories from picky bars products, right. you know, like that would be, that would be a great little business. So that's what we're working on. Yeah. And I think you nailed it. It's, it's, you know, as a business owner, you have that fork in the road. Do I go with the mass market and produce yep. something I don't want to produce? That's just might be a fad or do I stick with what works for my customers and totally and just build that base organically. Yep. So, 
and and you know and we'll market against the yeah like try to you know try to like you know educate people as much as we can too and but you know but you fads are like tidal waves that are just pretty much you know the more i've been in the in the food business you know the more i've just seen like these tidal waves come and go and you kind of like you know you either ride them or you get out of the way (laughs) and then and then you kind of wait for the next thing you know and um so that's kind of that's a we're doing a mix of both i think right now yeah i mean you can't you can't just die because your principles say you should go one way, but nobody wants to buy your product because you yeah. are a business and you have employees you have to you have to take care of. Totally. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yes. You have to you have to innovate. And I think, you know, um, it's weird. Like my wife is also involved in a company called Wazelle, right, which is an apparel, a women's apparel company. And it's very it's it's women's uh, running apparel. And so I know that business like, you know, fairly intimately because she's been involved in it for a long time as a partner. And I know they're, they're CEO and they're, uh, um, they're kind of primary investors and, and stuff. And, and so I've seen that business as parallel to ours. They're, they're a few years ahead of us, a bit bigger, but mm-hmm. they have, they have to constantly innovate obviously because they're in, they're in like, f- f- like functional fashion. Right? right. And so like, there's always like new products coming out, like, spring fall whatever and pretty much any apparel company is like that and the way that i'm looking at picky bars now like and the more that i've been involved in like nutrition and like food products the more i've realized like it's not too dissimilar you know Mm -hmm. like if you're if you're if you're a a brand that makes like innovative stuff you there there is customer trends and tastes like change and ebb and flow almost like fashion does in Mm -hmm. food you know and like you kind of have to be cognizant of like, what's our style? What's our, what are our core beliefs? But then also like, what is, and, and how do and don't those match with what the market is feeling right now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And try to create products that do that. And I think anybody that, the only companies that can afford not to do that are companies that have like staple, almost like commodity products, like Quaker Oats has its, has its huge bin of of you know of oatmeal and that's great and that's going to be on every store shelf out there but like for all of us other guys that are kind of competing for the other like spaces we need to be on it kind of all the time you know yeah and i think that just goes back to from what i see as someone that follows you your overall persona is you're trying to just stay either ahead of or on top of the curve um you know i know you're on zwift a lot more now doing group rides yeah totally that's helping your brand. Um, obviously you were one of the first pros that I saw on Strava. Yep. Um, and, um, and then we were chatting before offline. Um, you, you guys get into some sort of podcasting potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Swift and Strava, huge fan of, I will be trying to do, I've been meaning to do more Swift kind of group workouts. I've done two now. I've been mm-hmm. meaning to do more, but the, the weather has been so unseasonably nice and bent. like man if i get a chance to ride outside in january i better do it you know? right and so like uh so I've, I've done a little bit more of that um but i but i will be doing those more and then yeah with the podcast thing um yeah i mean i think lauren and i like you know and and you know and we were talking a little bit about this about this earlier not to say that you know not in any way any knock on podcast but you can't you can't really call making a podcast innovative no (laughs) at this this point but 
but I think what Lauren and I, the, the main reason Lauren and I want to start a podcast is because we believe that we have a, a ton of content. We, we have created a ton of content in the past, mostly in written form. Yeah. that exists across all these different platforms like triathlete magazine, runner's world, Lauren's blog, my blog, um, partner blogs and videos and everything else. And we have like kind of this special experience and expertise in, um, clearly like high level sports athletics, uh, and then balancing that maybe more importantly with family and with business. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we we're like, what's the most time effective way for us and for a person of interest to communicate some of this experience and expertise to them? And the and podcast basically was the was what we decided was the most time effective way to do it. And it was also a cool way for Lauren and I to co collaborate together in mm-hmm. real time, which is something that we have never done before as well. So, um, so I'm super excited about it. The basic format is we will answer questions from our fans and followers or whoever else that submits questions about any topics ranging from sports and family and business and the intertwining between those things and, and the ways that they don't intertwine. And, and uh, we'll kind of use it in that way, kind of in a he said, she said format and see how it goes. And if it's terrible, then we'll stop doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if it's good and people like it, then we'll keep doing it, you know? And so uh, we'll see. We'll see. But so far, we've done one recording so far. We haven't put it out there yet. We don't even have a name. Right. Um, we're working on it. But um, hopefully it'll be out there in the next couple of weeks and people will like it. And if they do, that, that's great. Okay, cool. So I know I stand between you, a gym workout, and beer. So um, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I want to wrap this up, but actually, it's it's actually a kind of cool way to wrap it up on my end. I I wrap up with a final question. And I guess since here you go, here's your first podcast question. You're an answer on my podcast. Yep. (laughs) If you could go back to your very first day of training and knowing what you know now and and give yourself on day one, one piece of advice, what would it be? My very first day of training. So that brings me back all the way to like where I would, I would call it like high school for me. Okay. And um, so that's kind of where I'm positioning myself. And to me, as a, I literally just turned 38, right? Uh, That's right. On leap day. Happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So this is somebody that's uh, shit, uh, 24 years younger than I am right now, um, (laughs) which is scary. Um, But uh, I would say, um, I would tell that person to, the, the biggest hurdle that that person faces in learning as in progressing as an athlete is not the will to drive and to push, but the will and the comp, the confidence to pull back. And that's, that's what I would tell that person is have confidence to pull back when you are feeling pain in your foot or you feel sick or you, uh, had, you know, you had to stay up late for some other thing. And even though you have a 15 mile long run the next day, like maybe it's, maybe it's not the best day to do it, you know? And, um, cause I think that person back then was like super capable of pushing through anything physically and mentally, but 
so much so that it detrimented his capacity and ability as an athlete. Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah. I, I love it. In, in fact, it, it's timely for me because I've kind of been feeling like crap. The weather's been crappy here in Connecticut. Yeah. And I have, a, I have a swim tonight and uh, yeah. I rode this morning. I'm not swimming tonight. You told me not to swim tonight because I don't want to. Yeah, take it as a sign, man. I use, yeah. those, I use those excuses all the time. No, it. but right. it's so true, right? As we're yeah. older, um, yeah. I think that's awesome. So I'm going to, I can't say anything else. I'm going to leave it at that. Sweet. Um, yeah, cool. No. Good, man and uh yeah you know you what you do is you just scrap it tonight and just make it a better swim next time right you know just work just work harder because you'll have more energy and and you can get more out of it and ultimately that's probably better training anyway you know? I love it. awesome yeah. jesse thank you so much i yeah, you appreciate your time so jesse thomas you could find him everywhere instagram strava twitter facebook um follow him follow picky bars Jesse, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks a bunch, Jason. Anytime, dude. Really appreciate it. And, All right. Well, uh, yeah. We'll chat soon. All right. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye. Hell yeah. Jesse Thomas on my podcast. So excited. Just wanted to thank Jesse again for coming on. Had such a great conversation with him. Truly enjoyed every second of it. He's just like all, uh, like any of us, right? He's just a triathlete, training, swimming, biking, running, owns a business. He's a husband. He's a father, except that he's way more faster than I'll ever pretend to be. So kudos to him for getting it all done. And then you want to throw some new stuff in the mix you know, a podcast and maybe a book and some other stuff that he's working on. So again, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on my show and thank you to my listeners for listening. Please go follow Jesse if you're not following him already. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. He's on Strava. He's on Zwift. Follow his blog, Leap Day Sports. Follow Picky Bars. Go to the website. Become a Picky Club member. Um, Great product. I love using it. So um, thanks again, Jesse, for coming on. And thank you to all my listeners for coming back every Tuesday to listening to my show. And I want to let you know that I'm dropping a bonus pod this week that's coming out this Thursday. So look out for that. It actually ties into my whole conversation with Jesse Thomas. So again, I am J-Mac. Find me everywhere, J-Mac underscore tries until Thursday. Talk to you soon.